Our text is in Luke chapter 8. Also look at Luke chapter 19. For our text, we continue on the things that Jesus said and did. I had an uncle named George and an aunt Barbara. And they were brother and sister to my mother. My mother was a very quiet person. And I think it was because she grew up with George and Barbara and she probably couldn't get a word in edgewise her whole life. George and Barbara were famous for their ability to talk. Now, I wouldn't say that they were conversationalists. Uh, They really didn't need anybody to talk with them. Uh, They could talk, and all you needed to do was nod your head. And my Uncle Ed used to say that Aunt Barbara could drive an empty room crazy. I remember one summer evening, we were all sitting in the living room. One by one, people got out to go sit on the porch. And Aunt Barbara was talking, and she kept talking as the people got up and moved outside. And finally, she was the only person left inside. And I peeked in the window, and there she was all by herself, talking to an empty room. And Uncle Ad was right. She could drive an empty room crazy. My father used to tell a story about Uncle George sitting outside and talking and talking away. My father saw a bald eagle fly over the house. And he said, hey, look, there's a bald eagle. And everybody looked up except for George. He just kept talking, never looked up to see the bald eagle. I guess you could say that Uncle George and Aunt Barbara were much better talkers than they were listeners, okay? (laughs) Now, Jesus was the best talker that ever lived. He had the most to say of value that anybody ever had to say. And uh, But in our text today, Jesus talks about the value of listening, too. So from it, we hope to balance out the two things, when to talk and when to listen. And as a sideline, we find a very interesting little event that happens which shows that even Jesus had family issues. Imagine that. (laughs) So let's read it, Luke chapter number 8. I'm beginning at verse number 16. Luke chapter 8, verse number 16. No man, when he has lighted a candle, covereth with a vessel, or put it under a bed, but set it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. Whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. Now Jesus often used illustrations in his teaching. And one of his favorites was light. Now think about it. The Bible starts out with God saying the words, let there be light. And even before he made the sun and the moon and the stars, he made light. And when Jesus comes down to earth to live among men, he makes a very unique statement. He says, I am the light of the world. 
Now we know that the phenomenon we call light is what enables us to see the world around us. But obviously light, as Jesus uses it, has a spiritual meaning too. Do you remember when Ford Motors used to have a commercial, Ford has a better idea? And you could see this light bulb click on? (laughs) And that's sort of the idea. We use the word enlighten when we want to say we now understand something that we didn't know before we have been enlightened. And when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, what he meant was, I came to help you understand what you didn't know before, or I came to enlighten you. In our text, Jesus uses a common illustration to communicate an idea to us. He said, you don't light a candle, put it under a bowl or under a bushel basket. And you don't light a candle, hide it under the bed. Purpose of lighting a candle is to give light to everybody in the house. Remember the song we used to sing when we were kids? It's the light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's the light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, that's it. I'm going to let it shine. I don't know about you. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. So in this verse, Jesus is the one who lights the candle. And you and I are the candles. Or Jesus has taught us And now we're enlightened. Now we understand. He has enlightened us. So the reason he helped us to understand is that so we will let our light shine and help other people to see. So Jesus is saying, when I give you truth, when I teach you about God, when I tell you God's plans, you are not supposed to keep it to yourself. It's not a secret for you to keep. I tell you so you can tell others. I teach you so that you will teach others. And when I light your candle, don't put it under the bed. My friends, there were so many things that Jesus clarified, brought to light when he came to earth. All through the Old Testament times, the prophets would give these little hints, little bits of information, just a little light. Moses wrote that there would come from the seed of a woman one who would crush the serpent's head. Just a little light. Prophet Micah wrote that a ruler would be born in Bethlehem. David wrote that they would pierce his hands and his feet. Prophet Zechariah wrote that they would pay out 30 pieces of silver. And old Job wrote, I know that my Redeemer lives and that he will stand upon the earth. And all these little bits of information, little bits of light came together 
in the life of Jesus. He was born in Bethlehem stable. He was born of a virgin Mary. He was sold for 30 pieces of silver. He was crucified by Roman soldiers. But he rose from the dead and he crushed the power of Satan. And he brought all those little bits of light together. And the Old Testament suddenly made perfect sense. We understood. He had a plan to redeem us and to forgive us and to pay for all our sins. And he helped us understand that plan. But he gave us more light than that. Always giving more light. He described how he would take us to heaven and prepare a place for us there. And then he gave us more light. He said, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Who would have ever dreamed that we could have eternal life? Jesus enlightened us. And so he says in verse 17, nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Neither anything hid that shall not be made known and come abroad. Hidden secrets and great mysteries were going to be revealed when Jesus came. Now one of my favorite secrets that Jesus revealed when he came, was this one. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That was a wonderful idea that God had hidden. And Jesus came and revealed that. And what is it? People come together. People assemble in Jesus' name. And God would give each person in the assembly a special gift and a special ability. And they would come together and the whole church would then be a light to the world. Each person would do their part and join forces and light a bigger, brighter light that would shine out into this world. One person would teach a child. Another would sing a song. One would clean the church. Another would mow the lawn. One would cook a dinner. Another would say a prayer. One would give a gift. Another would plant a flower. One would preach a sermon. Another would paint a room. And together they would shine a light out into the dark world. We look around us today. We see a world confused. A world misled. A world under the control of darkness. And no wonder, Jesus explained it, he said that Satan was a liar from the beginning. And way back in the beginning, Satan whispered into Eve's ear in the Garden of Eden, and he said, don't believe what God said. Eat the fruit. It will make you wise. He was a liar. And so once again, Satan whispers to people. He whispers and said, God said he made male and female. Don't believe it. Be wise, take control, and you can decide whatever you want to be, male or female. It's your choice, not God's. That's a lie. 
And the world believes the lie and defies God's truth, and it plunges further and further into the darkness. The Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and He looked at all that He had made, and He saw that it was very good. He upholds creation by the word of His power, and Jesus proved it when He came walking across the Sea of Galilee, speaking to the wind and the waves. And His disciples said, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the sea obey Him. And that old liar comes along and whispers his lies and says, don't believe God. You're in charge of the climate. And in the darkness and confusion, Jesus cries out to you and me, let your light shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. It was old Martin Luther who 400 years ago wrote, though this world with devils filled, should threaten to undo us. We will not fear, for God has willed His truth to triumph through us. Church of Jesus Christ has the truth about God, has the truth about man, has the truth about life, has the truth about death, about God's love, and about God's justice, has the truth about heaven and the truth about hell. And Jesus said, every secret will be revealed. So let your light shine into the darkness. But then Jesus says, a most unusual thing. Verse 18. Take heed therefore how you hear. Be careful how you hear. When you hear God's truth, be careful with it. It is not meant to be something you learn and add into your memory banks until your head is full. God's truth, if you hear it right, will set you in motion. Listen to how James describes it. It was a half-brother to Jesus. Listen to how he describes it. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Deceiving your own self. If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, goeth his way, straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Jesus says, be careful how you hear. Hear it. Understand it. But then do it. Verse 18. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. That's a stunning statement that Jesus makes. He gives us a parable about this in Luke chapter 19. I'm sure he's referring to the same idea. Listen to the parable. Luke chapter 19, verse 12. 
He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants, delivered to them ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. It came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. He said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, I have given thee authority over ten cities. Second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. Said likewise unto him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I kept and laid it in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man, takest that which thou layest not down, reapest what you did not sow. He said unto him, Out of thine own mouth I will judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest I was a steer man, taking up what I laid not down, reaping what I did not sow. Therefore, then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required my own with usury. He said unto him that stood by, Take from him the pound, give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he has ten pounds. I say unto you, unto everyone that hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even he shall take away from him what he has. My friends, Jesus is the best boss you could ever work for. He's the best boss you could ever work for. Everyone has a job to do. Some people work hard at the Lord's work. They're faithful at it. They are cheerful at it. They're always doing the Lord's work. And God sees what they do, and He will reward them for all that they do. In heaven, there will be a great day when faithful workers are rewarded. People do their work quietly sometimes. They may think that no one sees, but God sees everything and nothing is ever missed by him. On the other hand, it says in the parable, some people do nothing. They had a job to do, but they didn't do it. So they wrapped it in a cloth. They didn't do it. God had a reward waiting for them. But they didn't do what they were supposed to do. So Jesus says, they didn't earn a reward. So take the reward that I had saved for them and give it to the faithful, cheerful worker who did so much for me. And some people will say, but Lord, they already got their reward. And Jesus will say, this is my bonus program. Take from the one who did nothing and give it to the one who worked hard. In our society, we claim we want equality so we don't punish the criminal. We don't point out the leeches on society. We call that equality. 
Jesus sees everything. He will reward those who work hard. He will not, not reward those who do no work. What are the rewards that he will give? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I can't imagine. The Bible says the eye has never seen what he's going to give us. That the ear has never heard it. That our imaginations have never imagined what God has prepared for his people that serve him. What are his rewards? What gift will he give us? What joys will he pass out? What delights will we experience? I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. The description given of Jesus is that in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Jesus advised us to lay up treasures in heaven. He knows what will make us happy. So my friends, don't be one of those who Jesus says, take his reward and give it to someone who was faithful. My friends, he's a good boss. You'll never regret working for him, so let your light shine. And just in case you can't imagine what God could give for reward, watch this. <laughs> Verse 19. Then came to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come at him for the press. And it was told him by certain, which said, Thy mother and thy brother stand without desiring to see thee. Jesus is in a house and he's teaching people. And his mom and his siblings come to find him. And someone says to Jesus, your family's outside waiting for you. Verse 21, he answered and said unto them, my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. They were waiting outside to see him. People were crowded inside to hear him. And Jesus says, the people who hear and understand and are enlightened and do what I say, that's my family. They're my family. And maybe, just Maybe one of the rewards in heaven given to those who work hard in this kingdom will be a private audience. Just you and Jesus. Coming and taking a walk together. Just you and Jesus. Sitting down at a meal together in heaven. Just you and Jesus. Or some long private conversation together. Isn't that what families do? I would love for that to be my reward in heaven. Private time with Jesus. I do it now. I do it often. But what would it be like to do it face to face? So my friends, get that candle out from under the bed and tell the truth about God. 
Work hard for his kingdom. Jesus will be the best boss you ever had, I guarantee. And remember, he's keeping a timesheet. He sees all you do. He will pay a bonus. May God bless you as you shine a light we have into that dark world out there. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the words you give us, for the way you teach us, and for what it leaves us with. A wonderful message that overcomes the darkness, shines in, and removes it. Lord, we know there's people out there that don't want to hear that message. But we are not going to stop telling it. We're going to give it out, Lord. Because we also know there are people out there who are hungry and thirsty and want something from you. And we are going to make sure our lights shine together as we unite together and work in this kingdom. May the light that shines from this church be bright and shine far. Shine into the hearts of those who need it. So bless us, Lord, as we work for you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Closing, like you turn your hymn books to 387. 387, standing as we sing in closing. 387, face to face with Christ my Savior. What will it be face to face? Page 387. And the dark things shine.
just pray that you would help us to hear your words, not just to hear them, but to go and do the things you have told us to do, invest in the things you have given us. We know that you have given us a candle. May we not hide it away, but take it to all those people around us. Live in such a way that others will ask, what is it that you have? We can tell them of the Holy Spirit because we live with the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. We just pray that we would have those things in our life and that we would live. And we know that there will be great reward for those who will invest. We thank you for that. We thank you that someday we will see you face to face. Someday we will behold you far beyond this place on earth in such a way that we can walk with you and talk with you, and be close to you and be your family. We are thankful for the promises that you have given to us. We pray that we would do the things that you have called us to do, listen to you each day, and shine our light. Thank you for all these things. We pray for your help and your guidance and your protection throughout this coming week. In your name, amen.